episode of Wine on Wednesday. As always, I'm joined by Joe Geiger, Patty Walton, Rosie Brophy, and Maria Elena Solis. Uh, how are you, ladies? It's good to see you and hear from you again. Great. We're doing, We're doing awesome. Well. Very nice. Beautiful Thank you. Day. We have a little bit of uh, a little bit of news to talk about before we get into it. I understand that Maria Elena is hard at work on uh, studying and, and preparing her her PCAM. So Maria Lady, good luck with that. We wanted to wish you the very best. We're we're excited yeah. for you. And, uh, thank you. Thank you very much. We feel we feel for her. The tough mom. Yes. Absolutely, for sure. Uh, but we wish you the best of luck. And uh, we, we can't wait to celebrate uh, the good news, which uh, we're, we're all anticipating will be coming uh, shortly. Um, thank you. Thank you much. But today we're going to talk a little bit about um, cultural diversity and, and cultural diversity can be a, a hot topic. It can be a, a little bit of a loaded subject. Um, so the, the, the ladies are going to try to keep it a little bit on the lighter side, I think today. Um, but you know, it, it's a sensitive issue um, and something that, that we all take very seriously. Um, something that I, I think is that cultural diversity can be uh, less of a challenge and more of an opportunity, but it really depends on your approach to it and, and how you take it. Um, so uh, let's let's dive right into it. Um, so, what types of cultural diversities do you face that may be a challenge or an opportunity? Um, for example, language barriers, religious holidays and ceremonies, uh, religious statues, um, and how do you handle it in a positive way? And who wants to kick it off for us today? Maria Lena, with her hands up. <laughs> I have a question. Can sure. we can we talk can we talk a little bit about what we experienced at the wedding? Of course. Oh. Who, whose whose wedding were we at? I didn't I didn't get invited to a wedding. Oh wait, did we send not send a picture? We did. We sent you the picture. We, we sent you the picture. Oh, I, I do have the, I do have the photo. That's how yes. the whole topic came up. Okay, I sure. Let's, an Indian woman. Let Let's start there. So let's dive into to the wedding. Now, who got married? My son, Eric. Your son, Eric. Eric. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and he married a, a woman from India or, or an Indian American? Well, her family is from India. Okay. Um, she was born, actually, she was born in India, uh, but then they moved to um, England and then France and then the United States. But of course, you know, it's their, their um, culture. Uh, she's Hindu. Okay. And so we're learning a lot about that, and it's very exciting, and they're wonderful people. And um, so, of course, my peeps all came to the wedding, and I was so excited to share all the planning and, um, you know, my experience. Of course, when I saw them all, I started to get all emotional. <laughs> <laughs> my girlfriends are here, and they're all dressed sure. in their outfits, and it was just so wonderful. But, um, yeah, so we're, we all not only... Uh, you know, experience it in our business, but we also experience it, we, we are experiencing it in real life, marrying, you know, having a blended family. So it's, it's a wonderful thing. And I'm sure a lot of people are having blended families these yeah. days, right? Well, I, I know that uh, I was asked to um, be the minister, the celebrant at a wedding a couple of years ago for my uncle. Uh, he got married to his, his longtime partner, um, so it was it was both a multicultural wedding, but also a same sex marriage. Um, right. So it, it was you know um, a unique experience I think for my family on on, on multiple levels. So uh, right. my uncle's husband is from the Philippines originally. Um, so yeah, it was it was very interesting to see 
you know, how, how Filipinos get married, what, what traditions they brought into, into the wedding. Um, you know, uh, all of the groomsmen and the, and the grooms uh, wore Filip traditional Filipino garb. Um, even I, as the minister, was asked to, to wear Filipino garb, which I would have done if it had fit. Uh, but we ordered the wrong size, so that didn't work out so well. No. Um, but but yeah, so let, so let's talk a little bit about your your experience uh, with, with your son uh, marrying uh, marrying a woman from India. That's that's very exciting, Michael. It was wonderful. There was so much love and so much respect, and everything was so beautiful. I mean, the bride she looks like a movie star. <laughs> she does, and. Uh, all the, the, the groom, the groom party was dancing in the street and everybody was having such a good time. And we had to do this because we had to let her know that we were there, right? So right. Like we were coming for her. She was looking out of the window. What she's talking about is the, uh, the barat. So my son came in on a horse. <laughs> it's not like he's galloping in. No, they're just holding on. He's just, you know, sure. gradually walking in on this horse but and she looks out from a window and looks look yeah she was videoing from That's a window so and you know it's all this celebration of bringing the groom to to marry the woman and then it, the parents meet um, him at the door or wherever at, at the beat and they do a certain uh, you know a certain um, ceremony some, some type of a ceremony and that with the uh, they call it a priest, the Hindu right. priest. And then we all go in, but um, so the girls were there. I, 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 wanted, I just want to say for me, I um, went during the Bharat, I actually kept visualizing this being like in a village and, and thinking honest about the people that I service in my industry and how this is something that they do in their culture. Like this is nothing. It wasn't in you know, Philadelphia at a hotel. I mean, I was really kept picturing what it would be like in a little village and just the experience was awesome. I've never experienced anything like it. Yeah, that was all fun. <clears throat> what I would like to talk about were the outfits. <laughs> Holy Lord. First of all, we looked fantastic. <laughs> but Jill looked fantastic. Jill looked. Oh my God. Now, let's, like, let's be honest. The four of you always look fantastic. Oh, well, thank, thank you. you. But, but I'm guessing you looked extra fantastic at being a celebration and a wedding. And, uh, and you got to wear, I assume you wore some traditional Indian garb. Is that correct? Yes, we did. And that's what I wanted to, to uh, bring to, to the topic. That... Um, in our communities, obviously, we get to meet a lot of people from all kinds of different uh, backgrounds. And I had the absolute pleasure to reach out to one of my board presidents who is from India. And I was very excited to tell her about this wedding that I was going to and they were going to do the henna and we were talking about all of that. And she immediately offered to me to borrow some of her dresses. And the attire was, I, first of all, I couldn't believe it. And then when she actually let me borrow them, she gave me several pieces, not just one. So I could go home and try them and pick them. And I ended up getting one, an extra one for Maria Elena in her favorite color, purple. And but my outfit, oh my God, I, I want to keep it. I just absolutely want to keep it. I haven't told her yet. 
<laughs> but um, we looked at what I, I think the connection that I loved was to actually be able to reach out to one of my board members and talk to them about it. And, and her immediate response of wanting to help and um, being happy for me, I sent her a picture of me with, at the wedding and she was just so supportive through the, through the whole thing. And that is one of the things that we love, I think, in, in our everyday life. You don't know who you're going to meet, the friendships that you're going to develop, and just to expand your circle. And it, it was just an amazing, an amazing um, event. And, and Jill's son looked, oh my God. I was just, he was amazing. And he loved every second. You could see it in his face. That smile just never stopped. And uh, we loved it. The food, oh. We need to talk about the food. <laughs> That's another thing. The food obviously is very spicy. Now you would think from my background, I would love that. I don't. Um, and, but I think we need to be open to new experiences. The food, I tried it. Some I liked, some I really pushed away from my, from my face. But for dinner, my absolutely precious girlfriend, Jill, did order salmon and chicken for us Americans. <laughs> and it was so nice at the buffet table to, you know, go down the line. The food was just it never ending. Oh my God, these people just feast to, to no end. And we kept trying all these different little plates and different things. But then at the end, whoa, there was the salmon. Yay! And, but it was, it was great. I, I love Indian food. I, I, I discovered it, you know, just a few years ago, and, and I really like spicy, you know, so so it's fun when you go to an authentic Indian restaurant and, and they ask you about, you know, the spice level, you know, and, and the, then there's, there's spicy and then there's very spicy. And basically they translate that into there's Caucasian spicy and then there's Indian spicy, which is very <laughs> spicy, you know, so uh, usually I stick with a little bit less spicy, but sometimes I, I try the authentic uh, Indian spice and, and you can't beat it. I think it's fantastic, but it's definitely not for everybody. Um, but but I love talking about this wedding because it really goes back to what we talked about, where where it was an opportunity to learn something new, to experience something new, to to embrace something that you're not necessarily used to. Uh, so it's not a challenge; it's an opportunity. And I think that um, taking that approach, whether it be in, in your daily life or your professional life. That's really the best way to approach cultural diversity. And it sounds like that's what the four of you had an opportunity to do it and, and really dove in, had long doing um, and, and got a lot out of it, which is which is yeah. terrific. So congratulations, well, Jill, to wait, your son. Can we, can we just talk about the names for a second? Because I, I mean, I just have a hard time. I have one property that I'm overseeing and 29 out of the 33 homes are Indian families. And I, every time I enter one in, like it, I, I spell it wrong or, you know, the email you try to enter into the system and you forget any, and I can't pronounce it. And so I'm, my one uh, homeowner board member, Hemeth, um, you know, I, I try to make a joke and say, help me here because I can't pronounce the names. And, I, you know, I don't want to say miss or miss. I don't even know who's the female and who's the male. Um, and so I think by just being honest, and with my board member and saying, I'm struggling here and I don't wanna, so I find myself just saying good afternoon or 
hello or like I don't address them because I'm not I'm not sure. So I, I actually want to learn it. And this is the one community where I'm thinking, well, if I'm going to learn it at all, it's going to be it's going to be here. Uh, but I do have a hard time understanding him when he calls. I mean, it is a little challenging, but, you know, I'll just say, I'm sorry, can you please repeat that or something? But um, I've, I've experienced it in quite a few of my communities, not just with um, Indian culture, but a lot of Asians as well. Um, and, and so that's been my challenge really is, you know, the, the, the so language barrier and, and the, the names and how to address them and who's the female and who's the male. And mm-hmm. you don't use but like mistresses. I think you bring up a good point though. I think that at least in my experience, if I ask questions, if, if I, if I uh, show curiosity and I'm, I'm genuinely interested in, in learning more and, and getting yes. better and, you know, typically the response has always been very positive. You yes. know, most, pe- most people are, are, are understanding that this is, this is something new to me too. Um, and, and they're willing to work with you and try to help you understand better. Um, you know, I, I think if you take that approach and, and you're, you're open and honest and say, I'm going to butcher your name and I apologize. I want to, right. I want that's to learn good. how to that's say it. That's a very right. good way of right. saying Just being honest about it. Yeah. I, I have a lot, I have a problem with the language barrier as well. And um, I feel like um, if I get half the conversation, I'm lucky I got half the conversation, try to repeat it back. But if it's, if it's really tough, then sometimes I'll say, you know, can I come down and meet with you? Now I have that, I'm yeah, on yeah, site, so it's easier for me to do that. Right. And not everybody has that chance, but if you come down and then you, between the wife and the husband, you know, you can communicate in body language exactly what's, what's going on. And I think they really do appreciate that. Or if you're not on site, I think maybe saying, you know, do you have a son? Right. Or, or I ask them to email me. Yeah. Because sometimes they can email it in English. And, and yeah. that's a good idea. So yeah. I email do. I it in English. But you have to be really patient um, with, um, with the language barrier. Yeah. Actually, I, I wanted to say, um, I think that when uh, homeowners call us with different things and there is a language barrier, they they don't seem to be able or they just talk 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 and you you have a hard time understanding them because of their accent or whatever i have found that if i send them an email their english is perfect yeah they actually it it is so much easier to communicate with their owners that way and like i will respond but i on the other hand i have to say i it always brings a smile to my face when they mispronounce my name or my last name, because I can relate, right? And uh, so I I think I take that angle and I said, look, why don't I send you an email? I said, I understand, or I think I understand what you're trying to tell me. Let me send you that document or let me show you where in the declaration or in the rules it says this. So this is, you know, answering their their concern or their complaint. So written wise, I think it's a much better way to communicate because I have to say they are are well versed in in the English language or like Jill said, usually they'll share it with a son or a daughter that, you know, can respond back. So that always works. I I think it's. I think it's interesting because one of the themes that we've talked about, you know, for the entire series of Wine on Wednesday goes back to communication. You find yes. you find the right way to communicate with a person 
and that you make it work. So, you know, if, if talking to them in person doesn't work for you, then, you know, maybe written communication is the way to go. Maybe finding someone uh, younger who, who speaks both languages perfectly is the way to go. Um, could, could we talk about holidays? Absolutely. I love all the different holidays that other people celebrate. And it is really amazing to me that we are able as community managers to sometimes not, not so much participate, but to learn about their, their history and their traditions. When I was at uh, Blueville Country Club and we built the community center, one of the first parties that were hosted in that building was the celebration of lights. And it was so unbelievably beautiful. And to learn the traditions and the meaning and to see everybody arrive because we were there when the party began and to see them in their beautiful outfits, how they walked in and the detail when they met and they were organizing everything. I also had the opportunity to learn about a Jewish tradition where they um, put like these little homes and they bring food. Yeah. And, you know, it was funny, but not funny, actually, in retrospect, when a neighbor called to complain that somebody had erected an enclosure on their deck. And, mm -hmm. and you're like, what? So, of course, I, it happened to be an ex-board member. So I reached out to him and I go, hey, Rick, blah, 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 blah. And he goes, oh, no, Rosie, this is, and I really, yeah. I, I, I really do forget the name of the, um, the, the event. But he yeah. says, why don't you come and see for yourself? So he invited me and it was eating outside and his family was there and it was absolutely beautiful. So then what we did in the newsletter, we covered what this was all about. So it was a really great way of a positive way to turn it around and share it with owners. And of course, I did go back to that neighbor and I explained what it was and that it was just a temporary structure for this particular um, holiday. So we need to be open Suka. and we need to, what is it? Suka. That's what it was. And um, as managers, we really need to be open that and not just immediately take a complaint for a complaint and do your research and just, you know, learn, be open, be open-minded to, to different things. Well, our, not all of our rules, um, or, you know, some of my older rules still say, you know, all holiday decorations must be down by January 10th, blah, 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 blah. But I, I do think that when you're re-mending them and because of the diversity in our communities, we have to say, based on your holiday, it needs to be down, you know, 10 or 15 That's days good. after or something like that. That's a good but I, I think we, we need to amend our rules to reflect that. Good point. There is a, I'm not sure what um, holiday it is, but before they get married, they put lights up on their house. I think it's an Asian holiday, I'm not sure. Um, lights up all over their house. And so we got some complaints about that. Why are you allowing that? And, uh, you know, it wasn't until I looked it up and thought, I bet you that some kind of looked up the name and you could right. tell the name that it was some type of holiday, which it was. And then I told the board and they were fine with that. So we have to be very sensitive to not just sending that violation letter out saying, yeah, it must be, you know, they, sometimes a little bit of investigation, like uh, Rosie was saying, before you start, you know, throwing those standardized violation letters out. Right. Um, 
the one other thing I wanted to talk about was um, Columbus Day. Uh, typically for um, holidays, I'll like send out some kind of email blast with a little bit of history on uh, that particular holiday or why we celebrated or why not and this and that. And we had some pushback a little bit with um, Columbus Day, um, Christopher Columbus and all of that. And I'm sure you heard all that on the news. Um, so I just decided not to send anything because I just felt like it was just better be to be controversial. Yeah. That it would be just too controversial. There's some things, yeah. um, you know, that you, you might just say, you know, it's just better not to even, this is just a, this is just fluff that, that we're sending out, you know, um, just a little fun, little tidbit thing, but if it's going to cause controversy, then it's better to avoid it. So out of curiosity, uh, for, for those listening at home, we're recording this episode uh, the day after Columbus Day. So, uh, you know, it may be it may be too too soon after the, the holiday. But did you get any negative feedback for not sending something out about Columbus Day? No, I did not. I did not. But then you will get the people that will say, you know, why didn't you mention such and such holiday? Um, and a lot of it is just ignorance on my part. Um, I didn't know about that particular holiday. And um so I think it's good. What I do is I will print up like holidays of all different ethnicities nice. and try to remember not to uh, schedule work on those times if I can Absolutely. or find out how important that holiday That's is. really a good idea. Right. And, um, you know, try to just be aware of that, like put it in my prior report or put it in my management report that, you know, this is going on and we're going to try to avoid you know, the tree work on this day for this reason. Or yeah, I, I think that you, you got to know your population. Um, and I absolutely do the same thing that you do. Like for Yom, uh, Yom Kippur or Russia, China, I always have it on my calendar. And I never schedule contractors. Even mowing gets skipped because it's a very religious holiday for them. And we want to keep the peace and just show respect to them. And it takes me one second to coordinate, never have a board meeting, all of those kind of things. Yeah, Absolutely. On Christmas Day. Exactly. Right. So right. show the right. same respect for every holiday that you know of. How do you diffuse homeowner cultural complaints? I'm sure they come up from time to time. And, and uh, what's, your, what's your strategy? How do you work around that? I bring them together, schedule a hearing with the board members and bring the parties together. Wouldn't it be just like any anybody else that we would have, you know? A, a, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I treat it just like any other right. complaint. Right. I, I don't know, honestly, where we went wrong. What happened to respect? You know, we have a pledge for civility. We have a pledge for diversity. We have so many things that the bottom line is just respect. So I, I try to keep it simple. Mm -hmm. and just let them talk let them talk about right. themselves yeah I mean it's, it's sometimes scary to me some of the calls that come in some of the things that people will say to me about a certain type of person and um you know in all I just try to gather everything I can to to say to them you know this is this is the way they live your their lives and this is the way you're going to live your lives life and there's no rule again about that you know this is their culture and this is your culture and you know we don't accept anything 
but like Maria Elaine is saying, is respect for each other. So this is not a this is not a violation, but it is shocking to me. I have to say, sometimes some of the things that people will say um, that they just think that you know I would believe that as well, and their prejudices. Right. Yeah. It's 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 pretty surprising how they stereotype. I think one of my biggest challenges is that, especially um, one of my communities is a large Asian population. They use, and, and that's fine. I mean, they use their own family members and their own, uh, you know, friends of friends and, and, and community members to do their work. And it's not always, they don't quite understand what it means, for example, to prune a tree and uh, your street tree. And, you know, the next thing you know, it's, it's chopped off. And, it, and I, I mean, it, it happens a lot. Or um, they're changing their stucco to siding at this one particular home. Everybody in the community is using one contractor and it's all properly, you know, submitted and, and the photos that we need and everything. And then, you know, a couple of Asian families use their friends to do it. And it it's, gets to be a little more difficult to say, we, we need this pictures and this is, this is exactly how it has to be and it can't be this way or, you know, so it, it's just a little bit of a struggle that way. I'm not mm -hmm. sure how to change it, uh, you know. Right, because they're, they're using the people in their groups. Sure, yeah, they're, they, they're supporting groups. their community members. That's what they're doing. Yeah. But they it, still need to be with, with a certain standard. Well, that's right, and that's-, and that's Not that it's not good. I mean, sometimes they have their, you know, other people have their friends or groups have beautiful work. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. It's just different than possibly what the guidelines. The guidelines would be, or the committee. Right, you still have that. architectural rules that have to be followed, right. and, and policies <laughs> and procedures, and sure. Right, right. So that uh, that's something that I've struggled with in the past. But you know, really, like we've said, communication and respect are the most important, and you know, just kind of talking them through it. I remember when I uh, was managing a community in Blueville, we had a uh, an international day, and it was the day that uh, they celebrated the birthday of the community. So, and we had a, a lot of different cultures. That's pretty cool. So everybody brought like a dish from their country and they had to explain what it was. That's nice. that, that's fine. And then oh, everything was that uh, around that. the world. <laughs> we steal that. <laughs> and it was, that it was fantastic. Yeah. And the board president at that time even rented a jukebox. So we had music from the different countries. Oh, that's fun. So again, if you bring them together, they'll find a way to connect and just forget the differences for a little bit. So I love the idea of, of the community that Maria Elena managed that did this International Day. Yeah. Um, do, do you any of your communities do anything similar to help promote cultural diversity within the community? Um, you know, I know growing up as, as a, a, you know, a white Catholic boy uh, who had very little outside experience other than, you know, my, my white Catholic upbringing, uh, when I got the opportunity to, to experience other cultures and, and to go to different events, um, you know, to, to really broaden my horizons, I found that enlightening and interesting. And, and I've just always been a, a lover of, of the world. So I, I like learning about 
other people and their traditions and their cultures and that sort of thing. So, you know, I went to my first uh, bat mitzvah and, and you know, it, that was a unique experience for me. Or, you know, I was invited to a Seder, a Seder dinner, uh, you know, years ago, and, and that was exciting. And so, you know, anytime I get that kind of opportunity, I think it's, I think it's really great. So um, I'm curious, you know, do your, what do you do to promote cultural diversity within your community? I really like Maria Lena's idea, and I think I'm going to definitely use it because trying to prepare for this uh, podcast, I was trying to think of what we really do to encourage um, participation from and learn about other, you know, uh, cultures. And, um, you know, we really don't. And I think it's something that, you know, it should be a goal. That we should all think about. Any excuse to have a party, party <laughs> to eat, to drink, it's welcome. Or some other some other type of program, like something in the newsletter, maybe like have you know people write articles, maybe encourage people to write articles. Um, I mean, this for me, this is just kind of like a window of opportunity doing this to to open my eyes up to what more I need to do. Yeah, in one of the uh, big communities that I managed, uh, they had a newsletter and um, they had uh, volunteer um, editors from the community and they would go around and interview a family. So that was one way that um, we covered these type of topics. And it was very nice, you know, you've, and then you've got like a very nice picture and what they did, how long they live in the community, what did they do? So it was one way, that was one way that we integrated that. I but that. I have to say as a portfolio manager, no, I don't, I don't get involved in that detail anymore at all. No. I mean, with being on site, it is definitely a different way, but I think that we all need to learn from each other like we do um, on and off the podcast um, about how we can help, you know, find unity in our in our communities. I have a beautiful community in Newtown who just celebrated a community picnic day. They have been doing this annually since the uh, community was built, and it is really sad to see the low level of participation yeah. from our owners. Yeah. And every year, the the few the committee volunteers in, in social committee, they're like, we're not going to do this again. We don't get anybody to come. But every year they go back and they we advertise it. We, and it's really it's, it's a shame. So I think those are when it becomes discouraging to the boards again as portfolio manager, and um, then they're like, oh well, we're we're not going to do this again. It it's a flop. Yeah. So. You deal with that also. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's hard sometimes to get people out for these things. Then they kind of come out at the last minute in droves and they're right. ready for them. Right. One of the key things that, that Jill just said was, you know, th that she strives, and I'm sure all of you strive to find the unity in community, you know, and, and it's easy to forget that unity is a big part of, of the word yeah. community. So it's, it's an important goal. Uh, whether it has to do with diversity or with with apathy or, or or what have you, you know, if you're able to find what brings people together rather than what tears them apart. Well, going back to what I said about this new community um, where you know there's 29 Indian families, I think their block party will be well attended. Everyone will go because they're all friends. <laughs> if if I can get an invite, Patty, I would love to attend that. Wow. Block party. I think that sounds great. 
Yeah, um, but I think, like I said, because they're all friends and their kids are friends and, and they're going to all participate. I would tell you if I did that <clears throat> in one of my other communities, I really don't think it would go over because so many people don't even know their neighbors. They don't get involved in talking with each other. But when you buy into a community where your culture, you know, is going to be celebrated, you know, yeah, you're going to participate. It's, I think that's the key right there. Well, and I think that's a whole a whole other topic for a whole other podcast. But you know, more and more people don't know their neighbors. They don't talk to they them. don't you know even the person next door to them. Um, you know, and 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 it's not like when I was growing up and everybody knew everybody. And you know, you had block parties all the time, and you knew everyone next to you and behind you and across the street from you. Um, it's just not like that anymore, and it's right. kind of sad. It really is. Right. Yeah. So maybe they they have the right idea. You know. I mean, truly. Where they're they're moving into you know areas together and they're celebrating their culture and with their friends. Right? But that is something that happened in the states before. Like I remember um, in Norristown, there was a lot of Italian families. In Bethlehem, there was a lot of Portuguese sure. families. Sure. Maybe it's because they weren't in community associations. Exactly. You know, South Philly, for example, was all Italian. Um, but I mean, they sort of had that too. Right. They, they did have that, you know, where their families and friends were together. But I think we're just, it's just different because they're all in these associations and with, that have a set of rules and, and we manage them. And it, it's, I think it's right. something I haven't been involved with. Right. I mean, and there's previously. all different, like the elderly, uh, you know, that's a different culture. Yeah, that's another topic, right? Actually. I mean, I have a, a couple. I love uh, my uh, over 55s. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'll have an over 55, but like sometimes you have these elderly people that come in that are used to having the big old single home that they lived in and brought up all their kids in and this and that. And then they come and they want to put up, you know, <laughs> a Castilian garden statue. Yeah. They want to oh put up my God. And they want to put up all different kinds of things. And, it, and uh, you know, they don't like that they can only extend their deck 20 feet and not more than that. And that's so, so that's, that's a cultural issue too. Um, but, you know, it's just a matter of, you know, that would be another good topic, uh, over 55 communities. Yeah, absolutely. They're in a group of its own. How about if you don't manage over 55, but you are over 55? You can still comment, Patty. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyone All right. So I, I think we're we're wrapping up. Uh, we're we're running a little bit short on time. So any any parting thoughts? Any last uh, reflections on uh, on cultural diversity in your associations? How to promote uh, better relations, better cultural diversity, uh, or or anything else that you'd like to talk about before we say goodbye? Maybe maybe we can amend the mission of CAI. And uh, instead of building better communities, we can use bringing communities together. I love that. I think that's terrific. So building better communities is, is the national slogan for, for CAI, but I think bringing I think communities together, that's terrific. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, think awesome. that's, I think that's a great idea, Maria Elena. I like it. I guess that's why she's on the board. Yeah, I think and you're right. Her well, and that's why she's getting her pecan. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're not. All right. Patty's got her wine. All right. Patty's got her wine recommendation yeah. lined so, up. Um, 
I was very fortunate to be in France for almost two weeks. And the first part of it was a wine cruise. And wow. one of the, we, we went to so many different chateaus. Um, they don't call them wineries there. They call them chateaus and they're like castles. Um, but this one little town, it's spelled Cadillac. Um, and they actually have this in the wine store. I, I went, but they pronounce it Cadillac. And it's a Cotes de Bordeaux. It's a 2018 and it's only $12.99 in the liquor store. And it gets a 3.9 rating. Wow. So Cadillac or Cadillac is the name of the town. And then Cotes de Bordeaux, 2018. And how would you describe the taste of this wine? Have you enjoyed it oh, yourself? It's a, it's a blend. Uh, all the okay. wines there are blends. So it's a, mainly a Merlot, um, but also a Cab. Um, and then they also have like a white Bordeaux, but it's very rare that you see white. Uh, it's mainly the, the red. And not even in this region where I was in the Bordeaux region, it wasn't even Pinot at all. It, it was mainly. Did they drink a cold there? Or no. No, no. And, and I went to so many different wine tastings and the one that we had on the boat, um, she actually, we had like a little quiz where we had to kind of try to identify a smell, just one of the smells. And you just wouldn't believe what goes into it. I mean, it's not just, you know, um, oak. It's like, well, is it sandalwood or is it, or is it birch or is it, you know, like they, it kind of goes down to that or you can't just say a fruit. You have to say, does it smell like strawberry? Is it a lemon? Is it a blueberry? Like, so everything is, you know, really deep, really, really detailed. And they have you try to identify what is in the wine. It was really, I mean, talk about, okay, let's just say, talk about a cultural experience. It really was, and I've, I've had the pleasure of traveling a lot, but um, just being in these little villages, it, is, it was different than, you know, say when I was in Paris. So. It sounds like it was an amazing trip. I'm sorry I wasn't on it. It was really an amazing, amazing <laughs> experience. All right. Well, I think that's all the time we have for this episode of Wine on Wednesday. Uh, as always, I'd like to thank our hosts, Maria Elena Solis, Rosie Brophy, Patty Walton, and Jill Geiger. Thank you all very much, and uh, we'll talk to you again real soon. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. That's a wrap on this episode of Wine on Wednesday. Wine on Wednesday is a production of the Keystone Chapter of Community Associations Institute. Intro and outro music is Good Mood by Arch Music. Are you interested in sponsoring Wine on Wednesday? Contact us at info at cai-padelval.org. Have feedback about this show? We'd love to hear from you. Email us at info at cai-padelval.org. On behalf of everyone here at Wine on Wednesday and the Keystone Chapter of CAI, I'm Michael Shaw saying... Let's be here again real soon.